the goal was to kind of create a space in the book where the user feels really comfortable and encouraged and just kind of excited about creating. Yeah. So you yeah. kind of like in, in, encourage like um, embrace your mistakes and experiment. Um, and I think like sadly, sometimes um, the education system here in the UK um it's like slightly restrictive and rigid and it can mean that it's so easy for a child to feel like they aren't good at art and I think that sticks with people all the way into adulthood and you, you just feel like oh I wasn't good at school so I'm you know I must be rubbish now and it's just absolutely not true and everyone can do art and everyone can be creative and so the books are kind of you know, it's like reminding you that everything you create is brilliant yes. and it's about enjoying the process and not worrying too much about the end result. The Creative Jungle podcast is all about speaking to and learning from inspiring entrepreneurs, creators and well-being experts. You'll hear about their non-conventional lives and journeys, what they have learned and what tips and recommendations they have so that you too may be able to live a more creative and happier life. We hope that if you take just one thing from this podcast, it is a practical tip that you can implement into your daily life to make things a bit happier, more creative or even just a little more inspired. The podcast is brought to you by us, Diana and Sam, a couple who co-founded MYO and Creative Jungle Company, which are all about bringing creativity to life and business. That's at MYO London and at Creative Jungle Co on Instagram. We've helped tens of thousands of adults get creative in our arts and crafts classes with our range of creative kits or during our creative thinking workshops. Could, Could you, you be, be next? next? Be sure to click that subscribe button so that you can listen to future episodes and check out the previous episodes too. Okay, now to saddle up, let's, let's go. go. Today on the podcast, we can't believe our look. We have the illustration legend, Lorna Scobie, um, and we're huge fans of her 365 Days of Art books. And if you're watching, you'll be able to see them on the screen. We have a couple, but I think there's a range of four now, um, and many of you will be familiar with them. Um, they're all about encouraging you to dabble with your creative side regularly, which here at MIO and Creative Jungle, we firmly believe in. Mm -hmm. She's illustrated tons of beautiful children's books and prints and has a real passion for nature and animals. And besides all this, she also has a full-time job, which I couldn't believe. No, when we found out. Where did she find the time? Um, <laughs> but she's also a senior commission, commissioning designer at the brilliant Macmillan Children's Books. Um, and she's worked on projects with the likes of Stella McCartney, Moo, Ooh, Hermes, the fashion brand. Um, in short, she's an author, illustrator, book designer and much more. She is at Lona Scobie, L-O-R-N-A-S-C-O-B-I-E on Instagram. And her website is lonascobie.com. And there is just so many colourful, amazing things on there. If you need a boost in the morning, yeah. just have a quick look at the homepage. It's so nice. It's so nice to scroll through. And a lovely quote from It's Nice That. Champions of Creativity is Lona Scobie will knock your jaded skulls together with her particularly acerbic knack for characterizing animals. What a quote. Welcome, Lona. Hi. That's all so lovely. I just can't really believe it when you say it like that. I just I think, wow, that person does a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know, and it's you. Gosh. Um, but yeah, thank you. That's so kind. And I'm really, really honored to be speaking to you because um yeah, I just love what you do. So thank oh, you. Gosh, thank, thank you. you. It means a lot for you to say that. We absolutely love what you do. And when, as Sam said, every time we play with your book and we're thinking, oh, who should we have? We were like, oh, let's just chant it and see if Lorna's free and be willing to speak with us. Yeah, that, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're the one on this series where it's like, yeah. Because I'd happen to be just using the book, and I was yeah. like, "Yeah, let's drop her an email. Let's yeah, see if she can do it." Yeah. Wait, were you using it as a laptop stand? Because I feel like no. they're really good for that. <laughs> they're good thick books. Yeah. Yeah. They give they give you a nice height. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to just put your feet up in the evening, it's, yeah. you know, just get three or four. <laughs> 
I love that. Any reason to get for that. Yeah. Thing. Um, so let's start from the very beginning, because I mean, there's so much I want to ask you. But from from the beginning, it always feels like or did you feel like you were destined to be doing what you're doing now? You know, you were awarded an amazing scholarship, the Arkwright Scholarship and then studying in art college um, and university and then being immersed in illustration and working in publishing for now nearly a decade. Yeah. Was this something you thought you always thought you'd end up doing? It's funny. I think like most kids, I thought um, there was like hundreds of things I wanted to be. I was, you know, certain I was going to be a paleontologist and then a vet and then a biologist um, and then later an engineer, which is um, um, what, engineering's the scholarship that I got um but I think looking back I think it's definitely has like art has been a constant in my life and I think you're right it does seem like I was almost like destined to do it but I think it's because I was lucky enough um to have always been encouraged to be creative by my parents Mm. um when I was growing up and we have a lot of family down in Cornwall so we used to travel down quite a lot um from Somerset where I um grew up Nice. Um, and the, the visits to Cornwall were always full of like gallery visits. And um, I think I just felt quite kind of immersed in an arty world, even though my parents weren't actually artists. And um, I didn't kind of, I, my, my auntie paints, but it, it wasn't like a kind of, it wasn't like forced on me in any yeah. way. Yeah. Um, but I think I just did kind of, subconsciously feel that art was a valid way to earn a living and that it was kind of a respectable thing to do as well um and I think that's what really gave me the confidence um when I came to choosing what I was going to do um to pursue it as a career um but I am so grateful for that because you know I know other people it's not always like that and I think that's something that's like a mission with my books actually is to remind everyone that um, you are creative and you know whatever your job or your upbringing um, you know you are and you can do art and the kind of the idea with the 365 books was kind of to give people a little bit of guidance and support on their journey mm. um, but saying that I didn't know illustration was a thing like at all until I started my degree in London and um, I felt like I really wanted to, anim- to do um, animation um, so the degree was like an animation and illustration degree. Okay. Um, so I started that and then I heard about this illustration thing and I thought, oh my God, like this, wow, this sounds amazing. You can be like an artist, but you can also work on books um, and like you can earn money from doing what you love. Um, and and also like I, I love the kind of idea of having lots of variety as well and the types of jobs Um so that was a really exciting revelation. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. And at Kingston, which is where I went, we had like quite a lot of visits from um, professional illustrators who gave an insight and showed that actually it could be a career. So I think it kind of like it naturally, there was kind of a natural progression to me realising like, yes. This is legit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love books, so I'm very happy to be working in publishing too. So yeah, it's 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 kind of I never I never really thought that I kind of had a natural way in but actually I think yeah I was quite lucky I was sort of guided towards it but not in a forceful way you were surrounded by it I think it's what you said there's actually quite important you were you were lucky and you know you were surrounded by it and you started seeing it as a as a legit job or you know this is something I can do for a living because I think at least when I grew up you didn't really meet artists or illustrators it's always kind of put to oh this is a hobby or you know this is something you dabble with in your spare time but there are so many amazing creative jobs you can do um and I love that well did you ever have to um kind of fight or steer but you know choose between that engineering route yeah Um, was there a decision point where you went I'm gonna stop this and go this way instead yeah, absolutely. Literally, well, I can still remember, like I was sat in the kitchen in my parent in my mum's um, house, and um, I, li- I literally remember sitting down and having the conversation with her and saying, "I can either go to Falmouth and do art. It was it was between three actually. It was, you know, doing an art um, foundation in the West Country, doing art in London, 
or doing um, engineering. I think it was at Loughborough University, and um, and with that as well, because I think I think there was some kind of scheme where, if, like, if you're a, a female going into engineering, you, you I think they even kind of supported it financially as well. So there was kind of it felt like my brain was saying, oh, you should you know, you should go and do engineering. And, um, um, but then I sat down with my mom and she just said, look, do what you love, just do what you love. And, and then, and so I was like, well, that's obvious. <laughs> it's oh, going to be art. Um, but yeah, I think I always have slightly forced forks. I really love maths as well and, um, um, science as well. So, but I think, yeah, it's just, I just feel so grateful that I was, had you know, that, my mum always said to just do what you love and forget love about money. Like, <laughs> I mean, just, she said, like, if you, as long as you work hard, like you're always going to get it. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. At that time out of interest, were you sketching all the time or like how, when it came to that decision, why were you like, yeah, I need to go down this route. Were you just, I don't know, studying courses, mm. going to museums, getting inspiration, mm. talking about it or reading about it? Or was it just a deep down good instinct yeah. that this feels like the right thing to do? I think I was reading quite a lot. I was really into um, uh, the Dutch um, painters like Vermeer and Rembrandt and, and just kind of fascinated by their kind of unbelievable skill level. Um, and so I felt like there was so much to learn because I was just reading these books and thinking like how, you know, obviously, obviously like I'm, I'm never going to be able to paint like that. But, but like I just felt like there was this whole kind of world that I hadn't really been kind of taught at school. Um, yeah. There just felt like so much learning to be done. Um, but yeah, where I grew up in Somerset, there wasn't really any kind of galleries we didn't really go to London that much like I had the, the amazing Cornish art down in Cornwall um but I think it was just the idea of going to London as well was so exciting and um you know from the countryside from literally like living amongst fields to then <laughs> having like yeah I mean also partly having a huge top shop yeah so I, I think like yeah it just felt it felt like a little bit of a risk as well it felt a little bit scary which is usually things that I kind of shy away from but um yeah but yeah sketching I think I was I was, I was probably like keeping a few sketchbooks but it wasn't kind of um yeah so yeah the whole family wasn't going Lorna's going to be an illustrator it was kind of would they have been a little bit surprised when you made that decision then I think I think they would say now that that they would I think of all my family members my brothers and sisters like I would I would have been the artist always yeah okay but they're all really creative like they all love doing art as well and um so that's really nice but um yeah yeah Gosh, it, what a what a path I'm just thinking I, I can't imagine what that fork in the road <laughs> Would have felt like. it, yeah, because it's amazing with that stuff. It happens when you're very young, yeah. like 15, 16, 17, that like a lot of the times the decision you make then, you're committed to it for 10 years almost, regardless of whether um, yeah. you enjoy it or not. You just kind of get caught up in it. So yeah. it's great that you kind of made the right decision at yeah. that point. But, that, but I think like that's, that is something that yeah, I always think about that and not, not from my own point of view, but from, you know, from other people like you might, be in a job thinking actually you know what I am really creative and I can't I can't be creative in my day-to-day so that's another that's like that is kind of my um idea with these books the 365 books is to just kind of provide that opportunity for people to be creative and um yeah because we didn't all you know think of what the decisions we made when we were 15 like it's is yeah exactly and everyone can be and everyone can definitely enjoy a bit of dabbling (laughs) yeah what I love about them um looking back would you I know you've actually it sounds like you've followed some amazing advice and your own intuition as well and what you want and what you wanted to do but is there anything on reflection you would you wish you had known or you would tell yourself or you would tell younger young people at the moment who are facing such forks in their road I think I 
definitely say um say yes to the scary things um there's been definite times like that I'm, I've said no to stuff because it was out of my comfort zone and I do regret that now um so so one of the things like I was asked to do some face painted um animals on some children for um Stella McCartney kids and it was like in for the actual shoot so I would be there kind of on the day like painting the the children's faces um and I said no to doing it in person I did it kind of I just drew them instead to send them to a um, professional face painter um but I just kind of I just really wish that I'd said yes because I think that would have been such a great opportunity and like so different from anything I've ever been asked to do and um, I think I would have just learned from the experience so much, but I thought, no, I've never face painted a child before. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to do that. So I said no, but, but a good thing that did come out of it is that I really kind of realised that actually I should have said yes. <laughs> and so now I do say stuff out of my comfort zone. So yeah. say yes to stuff. So um, a good thing did come out of it, but I would just say like, yeah, say yes. Say yes to things. Say yes and learn. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, yeah. we kind of have that all the time because because we do quite a lot of different things. We always get these weird inquiries from or events like, could you do build a wire sculpture as an example? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, when do you need it by? Two weeks. Okay. Straight on YouTube and figure it out yeah. how to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it always kind of works out in the long run, which is really nice. Mm. So kind of, yeah. And then yeah, that's such a good attitude. I love that you have that attitude. I think it's it's like it's hard to say yes sometimes. So yeah, no, absolutely. Definitely. And then yeah, I guess the longer you do something, you can be a bit more strategic with things you say no to. Yeah. Um, but especially at the start, it's kind of good to just say yes to everything. And then yeah. you learn so much in a short space of time. I'm doing it. Right. So the next question was back to these books that oh, I showed yeah. earlier. Mm. Like where did, and we kind of touched on it a little bit. These are the two that we have. Um, the one for every day of the year and inspiring your imagination every day. What, yeah, where did that, idea idea come come from from. and what was the process like because it says it on the title like there's 365 activities in each (laughs) one and you've got four now so that's over a thousand yeah doing my math um how how did you do the first one and what was the process like um I like so I remember again this is like a really kind of pivotal moment I remember so well because I was having lunch um near London Bridge with my lovely editor at Hardy Grant um we'd worked on like a couple um coloring books in the past and we were just kind of having a chat about what the next thing could be um and we just got talking about how we could create a book that really helps give everyone um so even the people that don't consider themselves as arty um a place where they could create and so like in that discussion I was thinking about the hurdles that I personally have to overcome um like every time I start a new painting or a new book um in order to you know actually kind of let like let my mind relax enough for me to be able to create um and so that was the starting point for the book really and one of the things that really used to hold me back um which I think is actually so common is that I find that when you have a blank page it's so intimidating yeah. Yeah. So, and that you buy a sketchbook and it's just like these endless blank pages and you just <laughs> think ah yeah um so I, the idea for the 365 days books was that they become almost like personal sketchbooks um but then rather than just providing kind of empty spaces and telling someone just fill the space it was um the idea was to kind of start off some of the activities first or create an example um, for people to follow. Um, but I didn't want them to be too prescriptive. That was something I was quite keen on from the start. So that, cause I really feel like with art that there isn't like a right or wrong way to be creative. Yeah. Um, so the goal was to kind of create a space in the book where the user feels really comfortable and encouraged and just kind of excited about creating. Yeah. So you're yeah. kind of like encouraged, like um, embrace your mistakes and experiment. Um, and I think like sadly, sometimes um, the education system here in the UK um, 
it's like slightly restrictive and rigid and it can mean that it's so easy for a child to feel like they aren't good at art and I think that sticks with people all the way into adulthood and you, you just feel like oh I wasn't good at school so I'm you know I must be rubbish now and it's just absolutely not true and everyone can do art and everyone can be creative and so the books are kind of you know it's like reminding you that everything you create is brilliant yes. and it's about enjoying the process and not worrying too much about the end result and Oh, yeah, no. Having yeah. fun. We love that. That's that's a real puller. It's it really is about enjoying the process because um just to resonate what you said, it, there's a lot of oh, this hasn't turned out great, so I'm awful. Even though actually you could have had a really good time doing it. And who cares? Who cares? It might not be yeah. what you wanted to come out, but it's that enjoying the process makes the activity worthwhile. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. And it's it's just like forget about the end result it doesn't matter if you never look at that piece of work again like if you've had half an hour of relaxation then it was worth it yeah absolutely yeah yeah and that's that's what I love about the books is that you just you have 20 minutes you have half an hour you can have a go at five or six different ones and within each one as you said there isn't a big two paragraph explanation it could be just draw lots of frogs and just give it a go. And there's always enough room to try a few and like mess around and dabble and then move on to the next one. Mm. And you can I like kind of, that one. I'm going to write that down for the yeah. next one. But what, like how, you, for these books, you need to have a lot of inspiration to illustrate them. Mm. Like what was, so you decided, you spoke with your publisher, you kind of said, yeah, here's an idea. I don't know. Did you go traveling? Did you go home to the countryside to be amongst nature? Like how, where did all these ideas come from? Because it's, I guess it got easier after the first one because you kind of knew or maybe it got harder. But what was it like for the first one in particular? Yeah, I think you're right. Like traveling is something that always, for me, triggers ideas actually. And um, I think it's something about like being taken out of your normal environment and, and everything's suddenly exciting and interesting and um you want to kind of record everything so definitely I did used to go back to Somerset and um stay at my mum's house and kind of split it and um she always has like beautiful kind of little vases of flowers like and and like just kind of you know she just has lots of beautiful stuff that I'm like oh, I just want to draw that all the time so I kind of <laughs> use a lot of her house as inspiration or um uh yeah and I don't know I think I have to think about kind of how to encourage um art quite a lot in my day job I think so I Mm -hmm. because it's working with illustrators so and like they're all incredibly talented um so it's it's not that I'm kind of like having to coach them through or anything like that but you kind of pick up on um what the stumbling blocks are for creativity so you kind of have to problem solve a little bit to think, okay, how would you overcome that um, that block with with your creativity? And so I think naturally I have to just, it's just kind of I've learned ways to help people um, unleash that side of themselves. Um, but it's weird, I kind of just sit, I'm always, it's funny now, like with when like the deadline's coming up and I'm like, okay, I need to have written 365 ideas and I've got like a month because the, ske- the schedules are always quite tight on these um and I just think like it's so overwhelming until I actually just sit down and kind of um just sort of uh it's weird it's kind of like a tap it just kind of when I actually sit and think about it I, they come out quite a lot easier but it does seem incredibly overwhelming yeah. actually my family are so great because um I've got like lots and lots of brothers and sisters and their partners as well like they're all kind of so brilliant to talk to and I just say like give me an activity and that'll be you know like your frog one just now like they'll just say something kind of totally outside of the box and I'll just be like yes that's brilliant because <laughs> yeah. 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 everyone's probably getting completely sick of my ideas by now so I'm just <laughs> mining everyone else yeah I get, yeah and you must get a lot from the community as well because mm. you have a large following like I imagine when you post a new book people are like oh here's an idea you could include in the next one or here's a theme that yeah would... yeah they are really really helpful and um but yeah that actually that's a really good idea I might kind of be more um 
might use that a bit more in the future and mm-hmm. say like what would you love to see and yeah what yeah. do you like doodling what's your go-to thing to play yeah how, how yeah. many books do you think you have in your locker on the 365 do you have like do you already have a few more books in your kind mind, of in your yeah. mind in terms of yeah I'm, there's the next the next one that I want to do is I'm I really want to do it so I'm kind of um like I'm really excited by it nice. um and I've just done like a kind of mini version um pocket art which is I'll just grab it actually yeah um, the whole shelf will probably fall down <laughs> <laughs> like your hands um, a kind of you can hold it in your hand size oh, oh, nice. very nice it's a hundred activities and it they're all like completely different from um 365 yeah but it's a similar kind of well, it's the same ethos in that there's no right or wrong. Yeah. Um, so again, that was something I really wanted to do because I thought like actually they're so bulky that that like sometimes you just want to grab something small and sit on the train with it and be a bit more discreet. Yeah. Um so it would be nice to do like some more of those ones, I think, as well. Nice. Um, and you get yeah, three for the price of one. Yeah. <laughs> Almost <laughs> as an illustrator, which is nice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> on, on like kind of going on on the illustration mm. how do you find because it must be I, I, I get the impression sorry that you kind of were on the publishing side of things were you advising sorry did you publish a book after advising illustrators first and I'm just trying to get a sense for like how do you find it in terms of making your own stuff versus illustrating for somebody else's book yeah. Um, what is that dynamic like? And which one was first? Did you do your own thing, illustrate, um, make your own book, or did you illustrate somebody else's book and kind of go, oh, I can do that. I can make my own one. Mm. And I, does that inform you advising illustrators? Sorry, just to extend the question some more. There's a triangle of like <laughs> yeah. illustrating for other people. That's too much for my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can't remember. I'm not so good with my dates I think basically I feel like my whole life has been a blur I think (laughs) I don't know if you guys feel like that but my I think um I think I illustrated oh I know what it is I was uh, I so I was signed up to illustrate a text um for by an author but I didn't actually start on it for quite a while. And I think by the time I'd started on it, I'd possibly started doing my own stuff as well. Oh, okay. Um, so the thing is, they feel quite different. Well, certainly like um, working the kind of the publishing side, the, the job, the day job I do, it feels very different from the freelance stuff. But the freelance stuff as well, like that that's, you're right, like that's kind of split into two. It's either kind of, illustrating my own ideas or illustrating somebody else's um but I do love them both I they are quite different ways to work because when you illustrate your own picture book it means that you write it too um which is really fun but I think that is quite a lot of pressure as well um I've never kind of thought of myself as being any good at writing so it's that was kind of that was quite a kind of um hurdle to get over um but yeah, but but really fun, and um, I, I really enjoy illustrating for authors as well because it means you get the text already, and it's you, it's finished, and well, it's kind of near finished, and it's brilliant already, and completely inspiring, and you, it usually makes me feel really excited. So, and I just want to kind of start drawing straight away. Nice. Um, so that's good because it kind of removes that whole um, kind of worry and self-doubt <laughs> that you get when you're doing your own stuff yeah. and you kind of feel a bit more like you're in it together mm. yeah yeah I was gonna say that collaboration is comforting I guess because mm. you can bounce ideas around yeah a little bit more maybe yeah um, it can be that there's a the one thing that I found is that when you work with a writer it can be that there's a certain style that they're after yeah. um or like that the publisher has kind of expected that you'll do for that book um, so it can feel a bit more creative when you do your own stuff, when the whole thing is your idea. Because, And I feel like that's there, the areas where um, my work kind of develops and my style develops a bit more because um, you just feel slightly more free, I think, when you do your own projects. And I guess less like you're kind of going to 
mess up somebody else's dream and yeah like projects so yeah but I love both but they yeah they do feel kind of like quite different quite beasts, different really. yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. That makes sense. how do you balance sorry. oh sorry how no, do you no, balance how do you balance that time do you find you know between your day job working for others and then making sure you carve out time not only for your own projects but for you to play because yeah. I imagine that that's a big part of your process is just dabbling with ideas and you know practicing yeah yeah that's so true about play I think like so at the moment it's kind of with a complete lack of social life <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's easy it's easy <laughs> it's lockdown it's great I can draw all day <laughs> it does actually work quite well I think I'm I feel like I'm naturally quite good at being able to compartmentalize um with work so my day job is usually um like pre-covid um at the company at the publishing office like five days a week um and then my freelance illustration I do at the weekends like here in my home studio um although at the moment I'm at home all the time so I have got two desks I've got like um over there that's like my freelance desk oh really this is um over on that side of this the other side of this desk is um my Macmillan desk and I, that kind of like having separate physical spaces actually helps so much. Yeah, I can imagine they probably even look very different. Yeah, because the work for people listening, yeah. the desk behind Lorna now, it's incredibly colourful. There's yeah. lots of books yeah. and ornaments. <laughs> Is the Macmillan one, like, I don't know, a few hundred year old books on the side? and it's Yeah, bit... <laughs> literally the only thing on it is this like really formal um, <laughs> pot, of pen, pot of like black fine liner pens. Um, yeah. I have two big screens on this side. So it's kind of like a kind of digital side as well. Because cool. I, I really wanted to separate um, digital with with like my kind of working desk as well. I didn't want to kind of have a huge screen in front of me. Yeah. Um, Why is that? I think because I was, it's your play thing, I think. Because I was realising in where in my studio in my past, in my previous house, that I wasn't creating that space to play. And I think I just felt a bit kind of restricted. And when I sat down at my desk and at my computer, I felt like, okay, there's 50 emails that I need to deal with. And I wasn't kind of creating a space for myself that felt um, that I could get really messy and um, yeah, just make a massive scene and, and play. But yeah, so that was like my goal was, if I create a space that I feel like I actually want to go and sit there mm. and just have all my, I have all my materials like out as well. Like, yeah. Nice. Um, Ready to grab. Yeah. Because I just feel like unless it's, unless you make it as easy as possible for yourself, you'll just avoid being creative because, well, for me, I feel like that because I feel like there's kind of things to do. There's always kind of like chores or you know, there's always something to do. So it was kind of making, trying to create a space to lure me in. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah. No, that makes, makes a lot so of sense. sense. Is there kind of, do you have a ritual, for example, on a Friday, you finished a day job. Do you like get up early on a Saturday to do the, the freelance things or do you do something, do you have a routine in the morning mm. to kind of prime yourself to almost be like, cool, the day job is done now. Now I need to get into this mindset mm. or are you just... Are you quite trained to just go to the desk on a Saturday morning, the more colourful one, and just get to it? Yeah, I feel quite trained. I think it was easier in the office because as soon as you leave yeah. the office, it's, um, you're done. But I think I have like a little routine where I just, I mean, I'm sure everyone does this now that we all work at home. But I just put my laptop away at the weekend and I put even kind of the the keyboard and the screen I like push the screen really far away and like um remove my notebook like literally take it out of the room um and like turn my work phone off and put that out of the room as well so I think I, I get I physically get rid of it and and that really helps I think yeah um it's the same kind of like as it's 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 another thing with like having a block with creativity I think like if you're sat in a room with a pile of washing up to do it's really hard to be creative because you're, you're just going to be thinking, oh, there's something like more important in inverted commas that um, I should be doing. So I think that's kind of a really good thing to do if you're feeling like you can't quite get into the 
creative flow just quick, like as fast as you can like try and get everything cleared out of the way and um make a space for yourself which feels lovely and you're not just going to be looking at kind of your to-do list yeah yeah, yeah. No, I think that, yeah that's, that's really, really good advice yeah. and I think just even every day especially when you're working at home putting the laptop in a closet or a cupboard and just intentionally opening it and taking it out in the morning can mm. make a big difference and similarly putting it away at night mm. to just have that separation because mm. yeah. I think yeah people are just going really struggling to yeah. make the transition at home which yeah. is totally understandable to to go from a, you know we've talked about you setting up and exploring your well developing your career and how you explore your creative skills and how you develop them for somebody who's looking to do this both from a kind of illustrator side and also from a getting their work known what what things would you advise them to be aware of and how would you advise them to get your their work known? Because obviously you have created a massive following, you've created such a movement with your books. What advice would you give or things that they should watch out for? I had some really good advice when I first started out and I can't remember, sadly, who said it, but I was told um, just even from the start, so even before you have any illustration job, even if it's like, before you've even picked up a pencil say you are an illustrator or I'm a designer or I'm an artist or I'm a fashion designer or just say it out loud to as many people as you possibly can yeah Um, and I found that incredibly useful because you know I I was working like lots of kind of odd jobs when I first started out and um so and not not at all creative jobs but I remember I was like telling everyone like I'm an illustrator and literally felt like I was living a lie and like yeah. fibbing but but it but it meant that further down the line like I would get messages from people saying like oh I just remembered you're an illustrator like could could you have a go at doing this logo for me and it kind of it's really weird but it kind of it gives you the confidence and it also gives other people the confidence in you as well because mm-hmm. even if they know you're just starting out mm. it says a lot that, that that it's like that person is saying they're confident enough in their skills that they're saying it out loud so mm. it, I don't know I think it like helps with the trust a bit and I, I remember like um yeah even when I was a student I remember saying it as well like not even mentioning that I was a student like saying yeah. I'm, I'm an illustrator because I think I think a lot of people say as well, like I'm a newly graduated illustrator as well. And you just, you can drop that. You can just say you're an illustrator. Illustrator. Yeah. That's such simple but powerful advice. Own the title. Yeah. What you're trying to be. Because then your brain subconsciously is like, what would an illustrator do in this situation? Would an illustrator say yes to this or would they go to this event? You're like, you're programming your brain to become the thing you're saying. Yeah. And what about in terms of getting... Um, their work out there getting known getting published getting seen by hundreds and thousands of people what advice I think social media accounts are great and you know there's obviously like a lot wrong with social media but I actually think the illustration and art communities on Instagram are so lovely Um, and I would say as well like don't be disheartened by not having 50 billion followers like in your first week because you know it's not going to happen and you just you just have to stay true to yourself and like to your style as well um and just keep going keep working and you could even like set yourself briefs so you've always kind of got something fresh and new on your Instagram and um like regularly updated Mm. um you know you could like uh, redesign your favorite book jacket or design a poster for a band that you really like or just um literally drawing your favorite things or something just set yourself little projects um there's hashtags as well aren't there that yeah challenges and yeah yeah so kind of um immerse yourself in those illustration communities and um I think ask questions as well like on on Instagram like ask questions and comments of of the artists that you like or um because it just feels like it's quite kind of um it's a community that does share information I've always found and um yeah I remember like when I was first starting out like 
um, sharing things like printers that we really liked and um, materials and it just, yeah, it feels nice and like there's a community rather than everyone kind of like closed off and working for themselves. So embrace that. Yeah. Oh, very good advice. Yeah. On each episode, we want to shout about a charity or social enterprise we are passionate about. Today, we'd like to mention Young Minds, who are fighting for a future where all young minds are supported through life, whatever the challenges. Children and young people with mental health problems are at the heart of everything they do, and we believe it's a very worthy cause doing amazing things. Find out more at youngminds.org.uk. Now back to the podcast. How have you found the transition, for example, on Instagram to lots of video? Because you yeah. almost you have to be an il- you have to be the illustrator side, do the business side, and now it's like, oh god, a video I almost need to have a film <laughs> studio. Like, have yeah. you embraced that or kind of? Well, sorry, I know you have a little bit from your Instagram, but has that been? Do you tend to just jump into the new trends on Instagram, for example, like mm. on Reels, IGTVs, because that's the latest thing, or? You kind of wait to see how it evolves. I think you summed it up by saying a little bit because I, I can't. I, I found it quite difficult because I haven't like. I guess I haven't. It's my own fault, but I haven't like taken the time to kind of really learn how to do it. So I've sort of kind of stumbled along. Um, but I, I'm trying to do a bit more of it. I'm trying to do more. Um, short videos so like kind of 15 30 second ones because I feel like attention spans are just really short at the moment um and you kind of have to think what would people want to share and what would what would people want to kind of show their friends and family and um so that's the time it is interesting like you're having to kind of think of it in a whole new way um which is good I think but yeah, it's it's strange because it's a lot of pressure for a lot of illustrators and um, especially I think for painters and um, yeah, you almost have to, you almost feel like, oh gosh, do I have to be filming? Because I, I don't really like um, to camera, like I like don't really like being in any of the videos myself, like hands fine, but like I just don't really like showing myself in them really, so I, I, it would be a real shame if it had to go that way because I think that would put a lot of people up off sharing their artwork because, yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes it can feel a little bit invasive. But yeah, do you have a newsletter? Yeah, I, out of interest, huh? you have a newsletter. Oh God, I feel really guilty because I started <laughs> one like years ago and then I just haven't kept it up and I kind of it's. I mean, I feel like all I would be saying is, oh, there's another book out or something. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like my mum tells me these things because she gets like an Amazon email saying, Lorna has a book out. And then (laughs) I think like, I feel like Amazon is doing that job for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's totally fair. I just, I know some people with Instagram, it's a bit weird because you don't own the audience particularly. It's like, Mm. it's all... Instagram can decide how many people see what you're posting, basically. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if, if it can sense people like it, it'll share it further. So, like, I've just heard recently loads of people are kind of going back to uh, build up a newsletter because you don't know what's going to happen in the future. So it was just... It's, funny, it's funny you say it because my, my um, fiancé is really on at me for years saying, you need to do this, you need to do a newsletter, you yeah. need to be building up your email, like who, who you can email. I would just be like, no, it's all about Instagram. Yeah. But I think he's right. And he just he just is under the impression that, you know, Instagram could suddenly just sort of pull them out. Yeah. And, you know, then, then we kind of have to start from scratch. So 
I think I'm going to try and make it like my 2021. Is that what year we're in? Whatever year. Yes. <laughs> I mean, who even? Yeah. Yeah, you can tell me goals. Um, so the next question here, we've kind of, one was around inspiration. I think mm. you've got a good sense of where you get your inspiration from, mm. um, kind of going home. And I can just picture your mum calling, saying she's like doing up the house or something. You're like, yes, yeah. I can go down and get yeah. a lot more inspiration. Yeah, she's actually moving house, which is oh, yeah. incredibly exciting. Oh, that is exciting. <laughs> yeah, I have a new whole new you. Nice. Well, what... Um, and again, the next question was around fostering your creativity. Again, I think we've touched on that. Mm. Like, what are your go-to materials and exercises, I guess, to do, just yeah. to give people a sense for how do you, yeah, what's the, if you have to, if you're going to a desert island and had to bring three objects that that's all you could use, what might they be? Yeah. And what for? Uh, I would bring my watercolours. I love watercolours. I know, um, I think I love them because they are they dry really quickly. I've got really short patience. And <laughs> I like to be able to kind of draw something, turn the page, move on. Um, so that's why I like watercolours. And my absolute like love of my life is I have actually a whole pot of them, is these um uh, uh, watercolour pens. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And they're so good. I mean, I obviously don't need this quantity. That's <laughs> I buy them whenever I see them. Oh, wow. <laughs> I always tell myself, like, it's cheaper. It's cheaper than online to buy it in the shop. But yeah, I clearly have a problem. But they, <laughs> you just, you fill them with water so that you don't need to take a pot of water and a paintbrush with you. So oh, all you need goodness. is literally a watercolour brush, even like a tiny watercolour set. Um, although I have a really like a big one that I absolutely adore. Yeah. Um, there are art pieces in their own right, like a, a watercolor set that's yeah, been used a yeah. few times. Yeah. And my um my granny gave me a set that when I was eight that I still have. I obviously like replaced the pans, the colours inside, but um I still use it. And actually my um partner's daughter used it for quite a while as well as like her kind of special paint set so it's so nice when you kind of can keep something going like that for yeah a long time I think like that's yeah it's worth investing in like a nice set of watercolors because you can just keep replacing the colors and yeah um yeah and then obviously I have to take a sketchbook as well <laughs> Oh, yeah. a bit stuck. Yeah, I, was, I, was thinking, I was like, there's no way she's going to forget the paper. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what activities are your go-to activities? Would it be watercolour painting, like kind of like still life, looking at something and re- recreating that? Or would it be doodling with watercolours? Or would it be mixing? What's kind of the first thing you start doing? I think it would be looking, like doing it from... Um, life because I've gotten really I think I'm pretty late to the party but (laughs) I've been really into David Hockney recently and his work ethic like in the last few years like I just he's become like I'm just totally obsessed with his books and like hearing interviews with him and um and his kind of the thing that he does is he just looks at his world and draws what he sees and he has this kind of absolute love of life and the world and that kind of shines through his drawings and he's he's just such a good look looker you know yeah. that sounds weird to say but yeah. um I think like when we take our sketchbook out and about or even like around the home and really look and draw what we see um that's like where our natural style emerges because you kind of you're not like overthinking it you're just you're just absorbing what you're seeing in front of you. And um, so, but also I feel like that's where my style develops as well when I'm looking at things. So I think I'd probably be doing like observational work and drawing all the palm trees. And um, I was drawing sand on the beach the other day, like I was that desperate. I was wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> It's not yes. the best <laughs> Anything is an inspiration. Yeah, like on the style point, and it's, you've mentioned a few times, like it sounds like it's still evolving. And I'm, I'm sure in yeah, 50 years time, it, it'll evolve tons. But was there a point in time, because I think 
like you, you can spot your style from quite far away yeah. from looking on the website and all the different books and the 365 books. Was it a few years in to illustrating a lot that you kind of were like, ah, oh, this is, I found my groove or has it always been quite similar from the start? It's just been tweaked. I think um, it's weird because before I went to university and I was like, um, so just doodling, I had like a cartoonist, how to be a cartoonist book. And I was sort of doodling cartoon animals with these like big eyes. And um, that was like how I always drew. And then I went to university and they pretty, they just said pretty much like never, ever do that again. That's just the worst thing I've ever seen. And I was like, okay, going to try new things. And which was the best thing to say, because obviously it made me kind of experiment and um, try like a billion different styles and collage and um, printing and like all different ways of working. But I hated every single thing that I did at university, like with a passion. <laughs> and oh, like yeah. looking back at it now, I can't even bear to look at it. Oh wow! But, but it was a really good experience because it made me realise that actually what I love doing is those like animals with big eyes and like the style that I always kind of veered towards naturally as a child. So, um, but I think like the process, the processes I use have evolved. And um, when I started screen printing, that kind of changed quite a lot as well. So that it was kind of, it's actually after I finished my degree, but I still had access to um, some print rooms and, got um some funding from arts council to use um uh london print studio which i think is closed down now i think sadly but um uh so i had the opportunity to explore lots of different printmaking techniques which taught me to kind of limit my palette a bit more and um think about work in layers as well because you just naturally have to create your artwork in layers for printing mm-hmm. um so that kind of that changed the way I worked a bit and made me make kind of more conscious decisions about colour. Um, and I, I did a colour course a few years. Oh God, I literally have totally lost track of time. I didn't maybe possibly last year um, with um, a fantastic woman. And she, um, me and my partner both did it and um just you know she was teaching us about the importance of dirty colors and using bright fresh colors alongside like the dirtier colors like kind of greens and kind of like those murky yellows that you get and um and but also the importance of kind of balancing them with really bright colors as well and I think before I was almost like throwing too much color at the at the page always so that was really useful and that's something I would recommend actually is just like keep learning and keep doing courses and mm-hmm. training and there's loads of free stuff online as well and um yeah just keep like pushing yourself because I don't think I think it's a trick it's not a trick but a kind of a trap you fall into at university where you feel like you have to have a final style and yeah and yeah. um, there's often like a final show as well and you feel like oh I have to be finished this by is it. Show. Yeah. And, um but I really like it's I think it's probably Hockney who inspired me to think of yourself as like a constant kind of developing and changing and um just like keep learning and keep exploring and you'll naturally kind of keep progressing your style. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, yeah, no, that makes a lot of yeah. That is life advice in general, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah. Um Moving, because the theme of the podcast is creativity and happiness. So moving a little bit into that, two questions. How how do you, or how, I mean, this is your full-time job doing something creative, but how do you use it to be happy or to de-stress or to balance your well-being, if at all? And what other rituals do you do um, alongside that? And then the second question is, do you think that creativity has a role in people's well-being and happiness from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, like, I believe that so strongly. And I, I've i read, like, a few um, scientific things about it. But to be yeah. honest, it's about personal experience and, and, like, how it makes me feel doing art. And I just think it's such a valuable tool. And, you know, if we all did it, 
if we were all kind of create a bit more creative I think we'd be a lot happier yeah yeah um, I've always found it to be just like so incredibly healing and especially when you get into the flow as well where your mind sort of kind of totally loses track of time and stresses and your to-do list it just kind of disappears completely and you're suddenly like oh I've been sat here for five hours yeah. um and that that is kind of almost like a sort of meditation and um yeah I think we've all got just so much stress to contend with nowadays and I just think creativity is completely essential and I kind of I wish there was more kind of integrated into the workplace almost or um I don't know or just kind of just encouraged and like yeah just if it was just a bit more kind of time in the day to do it because I think that's when um that's probably one of the biggest stumbling blocks for people is that they just think oh I just don't have time to do it mm. so let's call in there we're gonna ask the government one day a week should be a creative, a creative day for day. the whole of the UK yes let's, yeah let's happen that would yeah. be amazing just ima- imagine yeah imagine how much happier people would be how much yeah. more relaxed how much more caring like there's yeah. all sorts of benefits from doing it mm. um yeah, the fl- and the flow thing is a really good point to mention because I think just especially now with so much laptop stuff and emails, you don't get a chance to, to just, just be absorbed. do something for three hours and get fully absorbed with no mm. distractions. Mm. Whereas obviously, getting creative can can facilitate that. Mm, that's why I love your saying, you know, put away anything that might trigger you, you yeah. know, your mobile, turn your screen off, yeah. put it raw because, yeah, you kind of want that space because and you'll fill that with your imagination and whatever it is that you're doing you'll just absolutely yeah and boredom like boredom is good and like we just don't really do that anymore and it's such a shame and like yeah doodling is good like you remember even when like you're on the phone to some great aunt that you don't really want to speak to and and you're like sat doodling like I just don't feel like I even do that anymore and um yeah well your one day idea sounds so good because I feel like people would take what they experienced in that one day and it would give them the confidence to think actually I can bring a bit more of this into my life every day yeah a million Uh, like I well I would say 90% of people could fit their five days in their four days easily yeah (laughs) like and and like having a day to reflect and kind of reprioritize and get fire up your imagination and come up with ideas Mm. would would maybe make you three days being as productive in the long run yeah Um, I 100% agree 100% (laughs) yeah because the amount of time you feel just like baffing chatting having a you know um and they are absolutely you know valid times but if if you took out a day, it would just cut some of that and it would probably just make you focus so much more that day. And then if you spend that day doing something creative and just playing and letting your mind flow, overall, that will probably make you productive. Yeah. Yes. So are you saying one day a week? I thought you meant one day a year. One day a oh, week. One day a week. That's a oh my happen. God. <laughs> one day a week. Can you imagine? But even one day, you imagine a creative holiday. Yeah. Should be a bank. That would yeah, be. There, there should be a particular bank holiday that's just coined as so make it easy. It's like it's already a bank holiday. Just make yeah. it a creative day. Yeah. Um, could be really nice. <gasps> okay. This is our new mission. <laughs> <Are laughs> no, let's go be signed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, I can't I can't express enough just the importance of the creative stuff mm. because it is. It's like your high your it's it's a superpower that everybody has. We mm. mention it a lot on the podcast. Mm. And like it's this it's your own expression it's mm. so many things that just people just don't explore and I think it's such it's a shame but mm. anyway, it's getting better people are doing more art classes Absolutely. and getting books like your book and exploring it a lot more which yeah is really, really good. but that's exactly why stuff like your book is just it makes it easy <laughs> but I think that's exactly what it is um, as in like that's what you have to do to persuade people to be creative is like you say you've got to make it easy you have to remove every possible pressure and hurdle that you possibly can yeah and because creativity can be really difficult and I think we just need to at least make the setup as easy as possible and um, get the people started yeah Yeah. it's like yeah tips and tricks that you can do I I sometimes 
find it easier like if I literally lay out all my materials in front of me um because then I think that relieves a bit of pressure as well because you're not like oh this is you know this is the one pen that I have to do a picture with and it's just if it just feels like that's like an added pressure so if you lay out all your materials it kind of takes pressure away to have to kind of stick to one thing and yeah absolutely and even I mean how we run our classes is you can talk so much about how to do something and give so much instruction but no it's all about just getting started you know to your point about having a blank page or a blank piece of liner to carve and you're like what but just get started and before you know it 10 minutes in you're in the flow and you're eager to that's so true that's so true that's such a good piece of advice like just just start just make a line just make a mark like even if it's like a scribble at the side of the page just yeah it's like being in control of your material and yeah, yeah own it. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, what questions do we have? So nice. are we on to recommendations now? Yeah. So yeah, we're coming up towards the end. Mm. Uh, just been really, really interesting. Yeah, so thanks thank again you. for for being on. Um, the next, do you want to go for yeah. Diana? I was so ask people, you yeah. <laughs> for, people, for people who are looking to lead a more creative life, we've talked about that mark making that um, of you know, using your books, making it easy. What other recommendations would you have out there for books, podcasts, materials, places to go, anything? What recommendations would you have? I think I think being creative with friends because yeah. you, and like even at the moment, you could do this over Zoom or, um, you know, I've done like a few kind of drawing evenings with um, my mum and her partner and also uh, my best friend who doesn't live in this country so it's quite nice because you know you don't have to be on the same continent or um you, you know we can't see everyone we'd like to at the moment so um yeah just having like a zoom call maybe like you draw each other while you chat mm-hmm. um or like grab a sketchbook and go and sit in a park with a friend yeah um and like you don't need to show anyone if you don't want to. There's absolutely no pressure. Just do it for yourself and um, like whatever way works for you. I think like one of the hardest steps with being more creative is overcoming that absolute nonsense that we tell ourselves that we aren't good enough. And, you know, everyone is good enough and just kind of, I would, yeah. And just try different things. Like, like you were saying, like different materials, um, just try things because, um, you know, you never know what might become like your, your favorite new material to use or, um, yeah, but I think, yeah, doing it, doing it with friends is really good because, or family, because it kind of, you feel relaxed anyway. And, um, uh, yeah. Or like going to kind of a life drawing class or something, it's, it's easier with friends and you can, because you can, bounce each other and inspire yeah everyone. and you just feel i think feeling safe is such a big mm. thing with creativity is like once you feel safe um it's fine and it just flows out but if you feel a bit yeah if you feel a bit scared or it can, yeah. it can be a bit harder yeah and i know you talked about um artists that inspire you lots of david hockney <laughs> at the moment being the big favorite um is there any other artist or book or podcast anything that you've read or you know, and thought, oh, this is amazing. That's really energised you. Well, um, she'll be so embarrassed that I'm saying this probably, <laughs> but um, I recently came across an artist. She's called Emily Powell on Instagram. And um, she is absolutely brilliant because she she's a paint, she paints these I mean actually that's actually one of hers there but she, oh, wow. she, really she, um, I have literally hundreds of her paintings around the house <laughs> because I just find them so engaging she's just so energetic and all her art is so free and full of life and um, she's just a wonderful lovely human being and oh, um, but she is so inspiring because um, she speaks on her Instagram as well on stories like pretty much um, every day and kind of shows what she's working on and talks about kind of how she's creating her art and like, um, you know, the ups and 
the ups and downs of it and it's like a very honest look at, at kind of life as an artist mm-hmm. um and yeah she, she, I'm just just so in awe of her I had the chance to go and visit her studio in the summer last year down in Devon when there was like a um slight easing in the lockdown and um yeah it's you found it so inspiring yeah I actually have bought an easel now because I just thought you know, well we, I talked to her and I was like oh I just wish I could paint you know yeah. like, <laughs> you're, just, and then she was like don't be silly just do yeah. it just buy yeah. an easel and, um yeah we need more people like her in the world she's just fantastic and nice. yeah definitely check out her Instagram because you will it brings joy every single day looking at her feet and um, Emily Powell. So that's at Emily Powell. We'll have a look. Let me check because it might be at Emily Powell Studio. Let me just check to make sure I get it absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Emily Powell with two L's. Yeah. Studio. Emily nice. Powell Studio. Check it out, everyone. Now, just to wrap up, what is coming up for you that you'd like to share about? Where can listeners find out more about you and find out about the book that's being worked on that's going to come out <laughs> um yeah I've got some really exciting book projects that I'm working mm-hmm. on at the moment I am doing um a new children's book um which I've authored and illustrated and I'm painting that at the moment and it's I'm just loving being kind of sub- submerged in that world and mm-hmm. um but that one, I'm not sure I can say much about that one. Um, I also have another um, really exciting um, project with Hardy Grant, who I did the 365 um, Days of Art books with. Yeah. Um, it's kind of an, op- it is actually like kind of an opportunity to create art with your friends and family, but it's not technically a book. So ah. it's really exciting. Thing and I can't wait to share more about it, but um, nice. yeah, I have to kind of watch this space. space. But, yeah. Will it be this year, do you think, or will it be 2022? Yeah, I think it's this year. Nice. Um, I haven't, it's almost finished, so um, they're always completely miraculous about um, timings like it's kind of you finish it and then suddenly it's in the, in the shelf. So, oh my god. Um, yeah, so but as soon as I can share it, I will because I'm really excited about That's it. About that. Awesome. And the, the very last question we have is what is your favorite animal to draw at the moment? It's got to be a tiger at the moment. I'm really like in a big cat phase. I just can't <laughs> throwing big cats. And um we we've actually got like a kitten um on the way. Like how we're hoping to kind of pick it up soon. So I think I've become a bit kind of cat. That's crazy, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I also love that you didn't even hesitate. You're like, tigers, definitely. <laughs> yeah, like everything everything is like yeah. cats. And um, yeah, I've got a bit of a soft spot. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lorna, for joining us. It's been so lovely speaking with you and hearing about your inspiration and, and just, yeah, getting to know you. And everyone, please check Lorna out at Lorna Scobie on Instagram and at lornascobie.com to just see her beautiful work and get yourself a copy of that 365 book. <laughs> They're in beautiful, bold colours and have a play in it every day because it just really does make getting creative very easy. Thank you. Thanks so much. It's just been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. So that's the end of that episode. We hope you enjoyed. What did you learn? If you haven't subscribed yet, be sure you do so you get first dibs on all future episodes. Be sure to check out the previous ones too. There's tons of useful nuggets in them. We do the podcast for free in the hope that it is helpful to you. So any support is much appreciated to help us grow it. Tell a friend, your dog, your cat about the podcast. If you enjoyed it or even better, leave us a review. We absolutely love reading them. If you fancy getting a little creative, be sure to check out at MYO London or at Creative Jungle Co on Instagram or just get in touch. Here's to a more colourful, creative and happier rest of your week. You You got got this, you creative creative legends. legends.